Well, it's good times in equity land. The Aussie dollar is the best performing currency in G10. Gold continues on its stealth climb towards 1850. And commodities are ripping at the moment. They're a trend follower's dream. We chase all these markets and assess the trade-off. Well, hi, my name's Chris Wesson, Head of Research here at Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined, as always, in a second by my good friend Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be unpacking, we're going to be navigating, uh, and we're going to negotiate all the landmines, the thematics, the setups in this mad world of trade. Of course, if you like what you hear from Blake and my good self, just make sure you hit the like button. I really appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel if you can. And of course, it goes without saying, do your own research around any of the ideas that Blake and I uh, focus on in this program. I'm going to bring Blake into the program because the first thing I want to do is I want to get Blake in shot and I want Blake just to gently turn his head to the side, uh, if you wouldn't mind Blake, uh, and just assess just the uh, the King, <laughs> King Jong-un styling that's going on. Obviously a, a, a sharp haircut ahead of the weekend. What's your call then Blake? What's your call on the on the Super Bowl for the weekend? Where are you going? I'm, I'm personally going uh, Matthew Stafford to take this one home. I think uh, LA gets this one by, by and covers the line of four points as well. So what's your call there? You know, that's a, that's a man, Matthew Stafford. Well, one of, he was one of the highest paid NFL players at, you know, just a few years ago. And I'm not sure where that stat is now, but that guy, he is choked beyond belief going into all playoffs. And now that he's here, I think he's going to take it over the finish line. I, I think he's, he's the man to do, get the job done. And it's not just him. It's his, it's, it's, uh, Don, uh, Arnold, the defender. Oh, that guy's a beast. So yeah, yeah I'm with you, man. I, I I feel sorry for the Cincinnati fans. They're probably going to have another failed yeah. attempt. Well, so. I think they cover the line four points. I think we get more than 48 and a half points. That's my uh, my bet there as well. So we'll have to see. But let's uh, let's go into let's go into the program um, and let's assess what's going on in terms of tropical funder today. Blake, look, we've got the, we're saying this program, we're recording the program before the US CPI number. The US CPI number, for me, could hold some, some big premises. For me, as we look ahead for the March um, FOMC meeting, there's probably three major factors that we're looking for. One is the CPI print in the session ahead, the non-farm payrolls number that comes out on the 4th of March, and obviously the wage data really important there. And then we get the February CPI print that comes out on the 10th of March, and that could mean the difference between a 25 basis point hike from the Fed or a 50 basis point hike. So this number is really, really important, whether it comes out lower than expected. The market's looking for 7.3% on, on headline. If it comes out towards 7%, you could see the dollar sell off. You know, rates could go bid. We could see equities working quite well, led by tech. Obviously, if we get a topside number there, um, you know, say 7.5%, then we could, uh, you know, you could see the dollar rally, dollar yen could rally and, you know, big sort of assess the distribution of, of probabilities around the playbook. And, and that's where it is. But for me, the market is really looking at this CPI number as, as, as a big, big ticket item. It is a potential volatility event. What are you thinking at the moment? How important do, do you see this number in that debate of whether we get a 25 or a 50 basis point hike in that March meeting? Well, I agree with you 100% wholeheartedly. And I think the market does too, Chris. If you look at the market, it has been range bound, tight ranges this entire week. The price action has been poor, volumes have been down, and everybody is waiting for the most highly anticipated data of the week that comes out 
tomorrow morning for me, but later on today for you guys. Yeah. Tomorrow half, half twelve at night for us. So yeah, it's a late yeah, it's going to yeah. be a night for you, but it's going to be an important piece of data, and we're all waiting. I mean, you look at the euro; we're range bound between one fourteen, one fourteen fifty. You know, the 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 equity markets have gotten a nice boost, and that's going to be kind of interesting as well. But Chris, I'll tell you, the White House came out and they said, "Hey, expect a strong print." tomorrow for us tomorrow yeah you know expect a strong print and so you know the limited response from the dollar is a little surprising to me and and i i I watch you know i watch the s p's and the s p's continue to climb right to that shoulder level we talked to or talked about last week on the spiders we're there today yeah so it's you know we're right up into a big pivot going into this data so tomorrow's really going to matter chris it's going to matter and we're going to be talking all about commodities throughout the show and i think one of the best hedges against inflation at the moment i think the market is saying it's not it's not gold necessarily it's not crypto if we want to hedge this let's go and buy commodities like well let's talk about agricultural commodities let's go and buy industrial metals let's let's get into this space because soft agriculturals they're flying at the moment they're cooking pretty hard and 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 they're a trend followers dream as i talked about in the synopsis there so i think cpi is a big one you know, we talk about the dollar, we talk about euro dollar in a second, but you know, for me, the question you've got to ask yourself is, if we were to, let's say 7.3% the median number, do we get a bigger reaction on the downside in the dollar if we get 7.1% or do we get a bigger upside response if we get 7.5%? Uh, I, I actually think we get a bigger response if we get a strong number, but if we do get a weak number, say 7.1%, euro dollar's breaking out to the top side and I think dollar's gonna you know, really you know, come off quite sharply on the back of that. Yeah, and I, and I think, and I'm, I'm gonna agree with you and take us right into the next topic with the stock market. And I, I mean, you know, it depends what market you're talking about, but I'm just gonna just talk about the S&P right now. Yeah. We are up against a key resistance. I understand this. We talked about it last week. We're right up at that 4,600 level. And um, I'm quite frankly surprised we're actually here. Everyone's surprised. That, That's the thing is everyone's like, yeah, why is this here? And no one knows. And we're trying to put well, reasons Well, it's not them. so much that we're here. I'm just surprised that we're here and holding here. Right. It's, you know, I expect us to get here and then back off a little bit ahead of the number, but no, ahead of the number, we're right up against 4,600. So if we do have a weaker than expected number, the risk is at this point that we might challenge all-time highs. So, you know, and I'm starting to see you know, financial Twitter is starting to talk about it. People are talking about here comes the melt up. I mean, what do you think, Chris? It is hurts. it possible even in the face of higher rates globally? It hurts, doesn't it, to be long? It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right at all. But we've got earnings out of the way. The market's rallied in the face of, you know, the, the, the long end of the curve going to 2% or getting close to 2%. Yeah, we've rate, we priced in five rate hikes. They're talking about front loaded. But yeah, the market's just plodding on and it's just, you know, people have been covering short positions quite aggressively. Uh, we're now seeing uh, trend following fund CTA starting to actually drip feed length. It's not just been covering shorts, but actually buying. Yeah, volatility's come down now. We've got the VIX below 20%. You know, realize volatility should drop as well and that should allow capital to come back in. But you know, there's no volume coming through. Have a look at S&P futures last night. 1.3 million spoos traded. It's 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 pathetic. Um, so I think you know, participation in, in the futures market has been has, has allowed it to go up. But you're right, if we get a weak CPI number and there's a genuine belief that that we've seen peak inflation and we should start gravitating back down to two, three percent, you know, and, and we've seen the highs in yield, 
you know, this equity market could be higher than where I was. So I think if we get 7.1%, certainly if we get a six handle, that would be a big surprise. And yeah, tech's going to rip in that situation. Of course, if we do get 7.5%, we could see equities under a bit of pressure. But, you know, this is one of those things where no one's believed in this rally that we've had and, and they will continue to not do so. If we see a break of these levels that you've been talking about and it continues to melt up, given all the dynamics of, you know, higher rates and all these other factors, no one's going to believe it and it's not going to feel right buying, but you've just got to follow the tape there. Yeah, and, and, and you just said it, follow the tape. So reading price action tomorrow is going to be really important. So if we have like a, if we have a lower print than expected, stocks rally, how they close is going to be really important. Absolutely. So if they take out the highs, you know, stop everybody out on their shorts and everybody's like, yeah, here we go into new all-time highs. And then we reverse. That's that's your cue if you want to be short. But, you know, Chris, I, I tell you, you're right. It doesn't feel right, but we're climbing that wall of worry. And I have to remind people, interest rates go up and down. Yep. And the stock market over the long term does go higher. So, yeah, you know, that's something. Well, I, I just think as well, you know, small caps have been outperforming now. You're starting to see high beta stocks outperforming. All the market internals are telling me that, that, that there's, yeah, this is looking quite good. So, yeah, week number, I think, is going to be is going to be a pain trade there and see this market going higher. And talking about markets here, let's have a look at the commodity trade because it's been ripping. You know, we talk about this, this hedge, but it's not so much necessarily about what's happening in crude. Crude had a little bit of a pullback into sort of 88.50, found some buyers. We're back above $90 now in, in WTI. But it's everything else that we're seeing. You know, there's a reason why commodity trading advisors or systematic trend funds, they what they do is they get themselves a, a big pool of assets to be able to trade. And then their systems will say, yeah, this, this rule-based situation now, this is trending. This is a bullish trending market. And there's a reason why you tend to see things like Italian debt, BTPs coming on their radar and trading. There's a reason why a lot of the time you tend to see agricultural commodities because they trend like absolute beautiful like probably some of the best trending instruments you can. If so, if you like to buy low and sell high, or would like to buy high and sell higher, and and look for things that are just moving, this is the space to go. So have a look at what's been going on at the moment in soy meal. It was my play of the day last week. It's yeah, you know, it's working beautifully. Soybeans, absolutely killing it. Cattle, loving it right now. And then you can go into things like copper. Copper's just broken out there. You've just seen aluminium trading at the highest levels for a long time. And then we've got obviously got gold, which has been having this stealth climb towards 1850. Commodities are absolutely ripping now. So if you're a trend follower out there, yeah, if, if you're not rules-based, if you're not systematic, and, and these, these would have come up onto your radar, go and take a look at cattle, go and have a look at beans, go and have a look at all these markets because they are absolutely ripping. Coffee just looks beautiful at the moment. So, you know, whether there's something, and it got to concern the Federal Reserve, you know, food makes up 14% of the, the CPI basket. It's at you know, the, the highest levels, I think, for, for about 14 years. So, yeah, this is a space that's, that's super red hot at the moment. It is. And, and you know, you were talking about copper and crude and gold. You know, a lot of those have made their moves. And, and so, yeah, copper is trading at levels that we hadn't seen since, like, what, maybe October or November of yeah, last sorry. year. Yeah. But, but, we're, but we're still in a triangle. I, I still look at it as a consolidation, but we're nearing, we, we still have some distance to go just to get to the resistance of that move. Gold nearing 1850, that's a really big triangle big, resistance. Big, big, I think big. I brought it up. It's, it's big, right? It's I mean, huge. if it breaks, 
you know, what do you do? I mean, you, you got to get long, right? 1850, oh, this is just a little bit below that is the, is the downtrend. So if that breaks, yeah. and then you've got the recent swing around 1853, if we get a weekly close above that, you're, in my opinion, you start to start a new bull market in, in, in gold. And, and I think that's going to be absolutely, you know, it's going to be well traded. It's going to be you know, heavily talked about. You might see the implied volatility in gold, which is pretty pathetic at the moment, start to rise. People are going to expect more impulsive moves. That's going to bring a lot more sort of day trade capital into it. Um, but if yeah. it starts bull trending like that, then yeah, the CTAs, the trend following funds will start adding length into futures. And that just perpetuates the move higher as well. So let you know, we talk about these agricultural commodities, which are trending beautifully. But gold's got to be on the radar, and if you get a weekly close above eighteen fifty three, I think that starts a new bull market in the, in, in that in the precious metal complex there. Well, you know, Chris, what's going to perpetuate it even further? Let's talk about the dollar because yeah. you know the dollar, which has been king dollar, and it was all year last year, and we come into two thousand twenty two, people expecting the dollar to rip higher. Here we are, you know, near the lows, and you've got euro knocking on the door of one fifteen, yep. and. I mean, we talked about this last week and you brought up a really good point about peak FOMC or just central bank hawkishness in general. And I think that was a good topic to talk about for last week. And we saw the ECB meet last week, Euro ripped higher. Yep. You know, you've got the dollar really on its back heels here or on its, you know, on its heels. And to be frank, I mean, you know, we dropped below 95 on the dollar index. 94.50 is like kind of like the line in the sand for me. We break through that level. Holy cow, you know, the dollar is going to implode as we implode. Let me, you know, I'm using some pretty, you know, yeah, <laughs> some pretty right ridiculous there, yeah. words here. But, but we're going to come off and we're going to continue to sell off, which will just perpetuate this rally that we're seeing in commodities, Absolutely, right? Yeah. But I don't so, think- So what do you, what do you think, think about the dollar here? I don't dislike the dollar. I don't think you can be bearish in the sense of, you know, the fundamentals are saying- yeah, that we want to be outright bearish because I think maybe that comes later in the year as we start to price in and really start to trade the midterms. If the Republicans are going to get both chambers of Congress, yeah, that's a massive dollar negative story in itself because you're going to have Joe Biden in the White House and he's not going to be able to pass any agendas because the Republicans will both block everything and that will happen until we get the next election. So yeah, that that in itself is, is a dollar negative. When do you start expressing that there? I mean, we all know that the polls are suggesting that the Republicans are going to get both houses. Um, so we know it's a theme that's going to happen. But the question is, is when do you start expressing that through dollar shorts? Apart from that, you know, the US fundamentals are quite good. Um, you know, we're pricing a lot of rate hikes. It's just that everywhere else is doing exactly the same, right? You know, we've, we're pricing yeah. in 43 rate hikes in, in, in Europe this year alone. We've got four rate hikes in, in Australia and New Zealand. We've got seven rate hikes being priced in. So it's, you know, everyone's saying, why is the dollar not rallying? Because the Fed are going to raise rates. We're going to go QT in, in July. Well, everywhere else is doing exactly the same. The market's... You know, and that's why we're looking at relative yield differentials in two and five year treasuries. And what we saw with, with in Germany, for example, is is the, 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 the discount that, that German five year treasuries and two year treasuries where to US treasuries has has closed. And that means when you're looking at capital, where, where you want to deploy capital as an investment destination, Europe's just become relatively more compelling. And that's why I think, you know, euro shorts have covered. So I think the, the idea is that, yeah, the US fundamentals are okay. There's no reason to be outright bearish on the US on the back of that. But everywhere else has looked better. Uh, and, and and I think that's where it is. So yeah, I, I, yeah if, I think if we get a CPI number tonight, look, we'll talk about euro dollar in a minute. But if you get a break of 114.84, bang, 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 Euro dollar's going up and it's going to start trending right now. So I think that's interesting. We'll see 117 and catch a lot of people chasing, right? 
Absolutely, absolutely. I want to go to some of those charts. So let's crack on with uh, it's a it. setup and uh, let's have a look at the uh, the technicals here. Well, I'm still very much in awe of Blake's hair. <laughs> I've got to bring on. <laughs> I've got to bring on um, a chart of euro dollar. So lads, if we can just bring up a, a chart of euro dollar. Now we've got that double top in place, 114.84. Now if we do get a weaker CPI number coming through, I think we go and challenge that one. We have a third time at knocking onto that ceiling. We break it, we close. What you do then is you, slip, you, you put on the Bollinger Bands, you wait for the Bollinger Bands to start widening, you put a five day moving exponential moving average on it, and you just let it define up to the top. And that's what we want to do. We want to look for you know, this, this bull trending scenario. And I think if we get a weak number and everyone says you know peak fed hawkishness peak long end rates peak short end rates um and you know the worst has been seen now we should see inflation gravitate a little bit lower um yeah i think you get a topside break of 114.84 and i think that's going to have huge implications you just talked right there blake about this idea about a weaker us dollar then manifesting into another leg higher in in, in commodity markets this setup here is really important you can see that 23.6 percent retracement um, on that downside, that's curbing any downside. So if we were to see a strong number, yeah, I think that would get challenged. And then maybe if that closes through there, we can see a move down to that number one, which is around 113.50. But really for me, I'm, I'm just waiting for the market to feed me and say, Chris, go and buy me, go and push me into a, into a position. And that happens when we get a, a, week, a daily close above 114.84, that top side there. That, that to me is one of the most important levels in, in FX trading right now. What are you, what are you thinking? You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And one of the levels that I would be targeting initially on a break above 115 is like the August lows. I believe they're about 116.65, 116.70. Depends yeah. on what feed you're using. Yeah. Then we have 117, which is a low back in March. So those are all levels that I think can be very easily tested. And if you just start going A, B equals C, D type of move, you know, yeah. that takes you back to 120. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want to be an outright dollar bear. I, I agree with you as far as the, 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 the macro backdrop as far as the dollar goes, but that doesn't mean momentum traders and momentum trades can't take us up to those levels where, where whether you're talking 116, 117, 120 in the coming weeks or months ahead. So I, I think it looks great. Yeah, I think we're in, we're just waiting for, for clearly defined levels that need to break. And when they do break, that's going to just yeah, force my hand, I think. So a really good one to, to, to focus on there. Okay, well, I'm going to take us over to one of, you know, you were talking commodities, yeah. uh, Chris, and, and I wanted to take you over to, to the cotton charts. And I called that, that's a Hanes BPT. Now, I have no idea uh, what, I what had, does it actually you know, mean, the, You're just talking a crazy Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Hanes, Hanes brand is, a, I believe, American. It's about all as American as you can get. We, we as Americans, we see commercials of these, you know, underwear and t-shirts everybody's got these soft hanes cotton tees they're probably oh, one right, of the bigger okay. you know uh, uh makers of 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 cotton wear underwear and you know uh you know t-shirts and whatnot but anyway the, the point is is that i haven't seen really prices in 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 you know whether you're talking about regular clothes cotton clothes anything really go up it, 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 until recently and the reason why that probably is is because cotton is actually breaking out and seeing levels now there was a there was a move higher and uh, your wife pre buys all your clothes as well Blake <laughs> yeah that's true good point um but there was a move back in 2009 you know pre-financial crisis where where cotton spiked up and I'm not too sure the reason why but if you you can go back into the 70s you know, in 80s, we're we're above those levels. We're in really breakout territory here in cotton. Now, I do have to say we we get to prices points where 
you know, we are at 161% Fibonacci uh, extension. RSI is divergent. And so looking at that cotton chart, uh, that and I and I pulled up your chart specifically, the Pepperstone chart. You know, break below 122, we might see a little pullback towards the 200-day moving average. But I think you got to use those as opportunities to get long again. Mm. So, what do you think about cotton here? Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a rip ripping trend. I mean, there's so much capital going through. I mean, it does feel mature, and that divergence is it has to be front and center. Um, but you know, for me, like yeah, that that that's a beautiful trend. I'll be buying pullbacks. But for me. I would be looking at co uh, coffee. I think coffee looks great. I'd be buying that one. Um, soy, soybeans, soy meal. I think that's if you want to if you want to be exotic and you know we 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 ooze exotic, don't we, Blake? So I think they're you know they're they're ones that you need to put on there. So coffee, oats, and uh, and soy meal for me probably look a bit better than 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 this, which is very very mature at the moment. And let's go and have a look at the the Nasdaq 100 because yeah, we've been talking about this. You have got that beautiful swing that we're seeing around uh, 15,250. We've got the the yellow circle around that. It really needs to break there. In fact just between that that red sort of rectangle box that we've got we've got a combination of, of that swing high and also the 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 15 the 15,500 you know horizontal resistance that are coming in there as well so we've we're sort of just testing the 200 day moving average i know we're going to be focused on what's happening in the S&P S&P held the 200 day moving average it's it's you had an a, an outside day yesterday an engulfing that came through and we've seen follow through buying there as well now we're testing those 2nd of february february highs that you talked about as well so we we need more work to do, but if we have a look at the NASDAQ, we see a little bit more flow in the NASDAQ. People like that sort of higher beta move, the higher percentage change that there. And, and you know, when, when, when you catch one, you're gonna get a higher percentage move. So people love this as a trading vehicle. Um, but I think as you, if we were to get a little bit more buying, um, you know, shit gets real into that, into that, into that sort of red um, or pink rectangle box representing that, that recent high swing and also the, uh, you know, the, the, the horizontal resistance level. So I'm gonna be interested to see how price reacts into there. Um, see the behaviors of the market, the sort of flow we see. If it breaks through those levels, then yeah, then we see new all-time highs. I would have really strong conviction that we go on to new time highs. But into that, that, red, that, that red box, I think that, that's the supply zone that we need to be watching. What do you think? You know, I, I think I think my next chart is going to matter even more, but we're not going to go into that just yet. Yeah. But I, I'm with you as far as the NASDAQ goes. You know, it's got some catch up to do. And I think there's reasons why the NASDAQ is kind of struggling. And, and one of them has to do with, you know, U.S. Treasuries and which we'll talk about just next. Yeah. But if, you know, the S&P starts to break higher, you look at the Dow, the Dow's breaking higher. You even look at like you know, the, you, you take the UK, uh, you know, you got the FTSE that's actually ripping right now. Yep. I mean, you got a lot of markets that are pushing higher. The NASDAQ will get dragged higher by its pigtails at some point. And that supply zone, as you point out, is going to matter. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's no traction in this market. I mean, it's been difficult to buy um, and, and the S&P has outperformed. But I think in the moment, you know, you're starting to see tech find its day in the sun. Whether it can continue, I think people have got low confidence in. So I think that's an interesting one. You brought up the good point there about what's happening in U.S. Treasuries. So maybe that's a good place to, to focus on. Well, let's let's turn it to Treasuries. And, I, and I'll tell you, going back to NASDAQ really quick, the day that I get to um, I get to use the restroom in the metaverse, I'm going to be, this is going to be like the best day of my life. I'm going to try that. All right. Uh, anyway. well, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, total joke. Anyway, let's uh, look at look at the ten year treasuries. Now, if you look at this chart, Chris, I I'm going back to you know pre nineteen or nineteen two thousand eighteen. Mm -hmm. You take the two thousand eighteen lows that you could see there; it's at the bottom of the chart to the two thousand twenty highs. We're at the key or close to. 
the key 618 Fibonacci ratio, which comes in, you know, right around 126 or so. Now that is a huge level for the bond market. It's a big fib level of multi-year chart. And everybody, even a friend of mine that doesn't, he trades, but he's in commercial real estate. He, he, he texts me today. He's like, you know, we're almost at 2%, you know, because everybody's looking at 2% in the 10 year. We get above that. I, one of my colleagues have been talking about that literally for 12 months. He's like, if we ever get above 2% in the 10 year, well, that's going to equate to that 618 retracement mm. basically in the 10 year futures. So when you're looking at that chart and you know we're at a key level support, we got some divergence. And if you think about it, if we bounce there, that means yields are going to come down and yep. that would really spur a, a fuel, a move in the NASDAQ. Yep. So that's something that I'm looking at. What, what do you think about the tenure here? Well, if you, if you have a look at the bond auction last night, the US Treasury got away a 10, uh, I can't remember the exact name, the, the quantity, but it, it was in the 10 year duration. And I mean, the bids and offers were, uh, the bid to cover ratio was, was super, super high. So there was huge demand for treasuries or 10 year treasuries last night from the from private sector. Um, and that tells you that, that we've got yields getting into 2% and people are happy to buy them and, and, and fund the treasury department as a result of that. So that's, that's very, very bullish indeed. Yeah, we get a weak number in the CPI number. I think the front end of the curve comes down. A little bit of pricing comes out and you know, you're gonna see term premium react and I think you're gonna see the 10 year come down. And yeah, that's gonna be absolutely it's going to have big implications for the dollar. It's going to have big, big implications for gold and also uh, for tech as well. So I'll be watching that. You can trade uh, the 10-year on as an ETF with, with, with Pepperstone as well. So yeah, have a look at a, a range of ETFs. The IEF is the one that you want to be looking at there. I um, wish I could do that. I got to trade futures. I, I wish I was trading with you guys in, out of the United States. <laughs> I mean. uh, there you go, mate. But um, yeah, so I think that's an interesting, like, yeah, absolutely. Watch the Treasury Department, uh, Treasury tre Treasury Complex. You, you talk about the moves there. Um, I, I think that there's going to be some value in these markets now. But let's go to play of the day. And let's see what, what's on Blake in my mind in, in terms of the plays there. Well, Blake, I'm going for uh, uh, Aussie CAD this week. So if we can bring up the chart there on the daily that we've got. Uh, and what I like is the idea that if you have a look at as, 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 a, as a basic momentum strategy, yeah, it needs work, but I want to catch the vibe early. Now, I might be wrong, and if it, if it clicks back below the, the sort of the horizontal uh, gray line, I want to get out of the trade pretty quickly. Um, but as a momentum strategy, you will end up having a lots of, of small losing positions. But when you catch one, you catch one big. And, and so you, your win-loss ratio will be quite low, but you might have a, you know, when you, when you get those risk-reward trades going through, the, the, what you're risking is, is, is a fraction of what you're potentially going to reward. Now, what I'm seeing here is this is broken out. We've got an inverse head and shoulders pattern just at the bottom there. You'll be able to see that. We've broken through the neckline, uh, but we've also bro broken those horizontal resistance. And what we want to do now is, is ease into long positions. Um, I want to see those Bollinger Bands start to widen. I want to see price hug that upper Bollinger Band, and I want to see the five-day exponential moving average, which is a yellow line there, which has started to move up, contain any kind of pullbacks. And what I want to see if price closes below that five-day exponential moving average, I'm out of the position, but I want to see that define that, and I want to let, 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 let this one ride. Uh, it's starting to show with all the momentum oscillators that it's working quite well. If this goes, I'm in the position, and I want it to just hug those widening uh, Bollinger Bands. So I quite like the shape of what I'm seeing here. All right, well, I'm going to keep with the theme of the Canadian because actually this is like my proxy to, to, to sell a little crude because I, I'm too scared to sell crude up here, but I think it is easing off of these 90s and I think it's going to trade back into the 80s. But the way I want to express that is being long the euro versus the Canadian. I do want to buy a dip though. All right. So there's two ways to trade this setup. In my opinion, it's 
boom above the 200 day moving average that means we're going to breach that re you know you can see all that previous support way back in like the spring of 2021 also that high back in december of 2021 we break above that break above the 200 day moving average that's just a straight up breakout but what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to piece my position in get a little bit of a get a little bit of a taste of it down at the 50 percent retracement about the 143.75 144 level any dip down to, the, to that level i'm looking to trade it because remember the euro canadian had a false breakdown just like the euro dollar did so when you can trade that to the upside when you have a false breakdown you know leads to a breakout i'm going to play it the same way just with the canadian Great stuff. Well, thanks, Blake. And it's sort of mentioned as well, it might be the Super Bowl in America, but in your state, there's the biggest game with your son in the uh, in the playoffs of, uh, of his soccer finals as well. So I wish uh, the Morrow family uh, the best of luck there. I'm sure it's going to be a proud dad moment for you. So I obviously hope he uh, keeps a clean sheet in gold. So that's great to see. Um, apart from that, obviously, keep an eye firmly on what's going on in the US CPI. could have big implications on what's happened to dollar rates, gold, and of course, equity markets. And we've talked about anything and everything that's going on in front of centre. Blake's looking at EuroCAD on a pullback. I'm looking at AussieCAD, and we've gone through some of the other programmes there. So if you like what you hear, obviously, smash the like button. It'll be great to see. Uh, and we'll see you again next week for more of The Trade-Off.